0: Welcome back, radio entrepreneurs, listeners, and fans. I'm producer Nathan Gobes, filling in for Jeffrey Davis this morning. I'm excited to introduce the two hosts of this segment uh, Mark Z of Mark Z Legal Staffing and Mark Furman, Tarler Breed, Hart and Rogers. Welcome, gentlemen.
1: Thank you, Nathan. Great to be here.
2: Nice to see everybody, and uh, thrilled and looking forward to hearing from my partner, Al DiNapoli.
0: Great. Me too, yes uh, me too <laughs> our next guest is al DiNapoli, partner at Tarlo Breed hard and rogers al you've been on the show before several times most recently to discuss your uh to, to discuss de bovino winery uh we're very excited to have you back to talk about your practice and uh how that also combines with your experience running the winery
3: well, I'm glad to be back uh, always nice to uh, see Mike C and uh Talk with him and of course, uh, my uh, longtime partner, Mark Furman. I think we've been working together at uh, Tallow Breed and Rogers for, uh, since 1993, if I'm correct, Mark. January 28th, 1993, but who's counting? <laughs> <laughs> Seems like yesterday, right?
2: Yeah, seem that's like great. Yesterday. It's great. Right. Right. I think in 1993, I drank uh, Al's wine for the first time. And uh, and I think uh, about uh, yesterday, I think <laughs> I had a glass of uh, Al's wine uh, most recently, so.
3: 28 years of drinking my wine and looking That's at right. what it's done to you, Mark. You know? right. Right.
0: Well, uh, January 93 was just a few months before I was even born, so I guess this That's is where good. I should step That's out good. and I'll <laughs> let you gentlemen carry the conversation from here.
1: Well, thank thank you, Nathan, and um, Al. Great to have you on the show and, and see you, um, Mark. And I were talking um, before the show. You have an unusual background in that not only are you you obviously your practice you, you're a litigator, proven one of the best. You also though are very well respected in the hospitality space, and so you now represent you represent a lot of um, owners and and. Um, and people that really are dealing with hospitality-related issues um, during this COVID time, including yourself. And I just thought maybe you could share with the listeners some of the challenges and some of the solutions, you know, you've, you've gone through during this
3: time. I'm, I'm glad to do that. If I may, I'd just like to start with a little bit of the background um, that, uh, you know, when Mark and I first worked together, um, you know, Mark uh, stepped in on a small litigation department that included myself and one other part-time litigator. Um, Mark uh, assumed the position quickly as chairman of the litigation department. Uh, and Mark and I have worked closely together on a number of cases. Uh, I'm essentially a trial attorney. I have tried cases in both the district probate and most, uh, mostly in the superior court, both before judges and juries. And that's primarily what I do, not unlike Mark. Uh, Mark and I's um, practice areas overlap in in that. uh, We both do a lot of uh, shareholder disputes, partnership disputes, general contract disputes, corporate governance issues. Uh, And so uh, Mark and I, have worked closely either together on cases or separately, but always sharing uh, the uh, advice and knowledge that we both bring to the table in litigation. Um, I, part of the litigation early on, back even before Mark and I started working together in 93, I was asked to settle a dispute with TGI Fridays uh, and their neighbors back in the, the Back Bay or Newberry Street. A uh, young lawyer went down there, not knowing what to expect, but knew, knowing it was a dispute. And that's what litigators do. do. They resolve disputes. I went down there and uh, worked things out between the neighbors and uh, management. Went to the hearing uh, that was held with the licensing board. And uh, I still represent TGI Fridays to this day uh, in Massachusetts. So um, something that started uh, just because there was a dispute between neighbors in a restaurant, has blossomed into a practice of hospitality law which I didn't really know I was going to go into um, but you know a lot of things I always talk about life is like a pinball game in some ways you just pull back the lever and the ball goes and bounces here bounces there and you're not really in complete control of where it's going to go as much as you shake the machine so you don't avoid it um, and it just bounced into the hospitality area and uh, since I represented T.J. Fridays I thought I could represent a lot of restaurants. Uh, and I've done so. Uh, with that, I've grown my practice from restaurants to a lot of hotels uh, in the hospitality area. I've represented a cruise line, uh, international cruise line relative to hospitality, uh, and a number of things. Uh, but not just in the hospitality area. The disputes have taken me all the ways to the appeals court relative to issues involving underlying hospitality issues, but more so uh, conflicts uh, between the parties. Uh, So it has been been an interesting um, involvement. Uh, Well, Al, can I just say something? And this is what leads us now, because
1: your expertise is is so key, um, especially to business owners and people involved in the hospitality space with their businesses because of the challenges raised by COVID. Um, And just people are looking to go back to restaurants and what I want to be safe, they say, and and what are the best aspects to do? Restauranteers need people back to come back. Cruise lines, uh, all different kinds of travel businesses, they're trying to plan. Hotels, um, I think I read about one of the major hotels, they've only been at 10% capacity. So what are some of the trends that you're seeing, the importance that you're seeing in terms of as you advocate for these businesses and you deal that can hopefully get them back to some kind of normalcy that you're um, handling in your practice.
3: Yeah, the restaurant industry was one of the hottest hit during COVID. Um, And not only did I think they, the statement is that a third of restaurants are closed and not coming back. Um, They are now facing not only the pressures of the patrons coming in and having to deal with whether they mask, whether they need to produce vaccination cards, what the situation is, but the restaurants are pre, uh, facing uh, uh, staff staffing shortages. Uh, so they're in a double bind. Uh, they obviously want to bring in people and certain people uh, still haven't gone to restaurants. Although the facts show uh, that uh, restaurants are not a incubator for um, COVID. Um, for one thing restaurants have in through all their existence is dealt with sanitary and health concerns. I mean, their whole issue is you know, trying to keep food and drink safe for their patrons. So, when COVID hit, uh, they implemented um, certain things that would protect patrons more than other places. And so, but patrons still have a susceptible to uh, a, a, a concern. I said about what they would be going into. But now they're also facing staffing shortages. So as much as they want to bring in patrons, they faced a lot of times with the staffing shortage that even if patrons would come in to the extent that they could. there's a shortage of staff. So I know places that you know have cut their hours down, cut the days down, um, considerably because of the staffing shortage. I have places that would love to open uh, in new areas but won't, can't do so because of the staffing shortages. So one of the big things is definitely facing restaurants is the staffing problems. And I know that restaurants are, are working hard to try to bring in people, looking at you know, wages and other benefits. And so this is something that you know, they work with specifically. On the legal side of it, um, I don't really get involved in, in the staffing issues. Uh, because that's more operational, um, but on the legal side, um, I deal with m- many of the things that happening illegally with the licensing, uh, changes in licensing, uh, leasing issues, uh, and, um, you know, I not only have the legal background of working in hospitality for a number of years, but I was a selectman in my town of Walpole for six years, and as a selectman, we sit as the licensing board uh, for the town. So I sat on that side of the bench as licensees came up to us with the issues that had to be addressed by the license uh, licensors, if you will, uh, and worked with them on that end and the Alcoholic Beverage Control Commission. And then recently, um, as you alluded to earlier, uh, myself and my four cousins, uh, Uh, went into the restaurant business and we opened a winery called De Bravino Winery in Walpole, Massachusetts. And we opened up in January 2020, uh, two and a half months before Mr. COVID said, too much fun in there. We are going to shut you down, And we had to face all the issues of the COVID restrictions ourselves. Um, So it it has been interesting to give me a vantage point from both the legal the administrative side as a selectman, and then the operational side is the Bavina Winery that I think allows me to bring a unique um, bit of experience to my clients in the hospitality industry.
2: I, I think that's an important point that makes, you know, you really unique, Al, is that you have the perspective of, you know, a seasoned lawyer, um, I won't say you've been around forever, but you've been around for a long time, and uh, um, and and also as a as a business owner in the hospitality industry, I don't think there's a lot of as uh, many people uh, who have that kind of uh, um, you know a, a experience and. Uh, And I do want to disagree with you, which I, as you know, I like to do from time to time, but it struck me as your reference to, uh, you know, pinball machine and the ball bouncing from here to here struck me as much more random than what it is to develop the kind of uh, uh, niche you've developed in the hospitality industry. So my take is that, uh, you know, you you build an expertise in a particular area, not by, you know, handling one case, but handling the cases you have the opportunity to work on in such a way that the people you represent sing your praises to other people in the industry and one client leads to another client, which leads... To another client and that's what you've successfully done through your excellent work for each of your clients to develop this reputation and expertise in the hospitality world so I'm um, anti-pinball I appreciate that and
3: and maybe the analogy doesn't go as far as, as you're taking it but I just bring it up only because entering into you know uh, the legal world and when I pre- uh, uh, graduated from law school, I did a clerkship and came out and wanted to be a trial attorney. I never thought that I'd be doing hospitality law and representing the restaurants, hotels, cruise ships and the like. I wanted to be a trial attorney. I wanted to be in the courtroom. I wanted to stand up in front of a jury. I wanted to argue the cases. And those are still some of the highest points of the legal career that you can ever do is to stand in front of a jury and argue your case. Uh, and that's what I wanted to do so but the pinball bounced me into hospitality and that's all but uh, and you yes, once you're there you need to take it to where it goes and uh, um, I've been uh, fortunate to be able to have that practice grow and, and take it in different directions not as you said not only because of all I've done but my now operations but also being as a selectman and working you know from that side of the bench and being the licensed uh, person who, Has to um, administer the licenses in the municipality.
1: I mean, Al. Can I can I just say that your expertise, and again, as as you say, you've now so many people come into certain areas that there is definitely different trails. But you've now really garnered an expertise in hospitality and working in and working with restaurants and and. and getting licenses and the challenges of working with municipalities to get the licenses to, and, and to be able to help them operate in a challenging time and as, and help advise them in terms of other issues which they're going through. So, um, so thank you for your, your expertise on that and sharing that
2: with some so of the, the issues. Folks in the, folks in the hospitality industry, you know, they have the matters that are unique to their industry. But then they have the same problems that are in every industry. you know, the real estate problems, the leasing problems, the employee problems, uh, um, you know, the contract problems in general. So Al's experience and expertise as a uh, business litigator um, is there. But in addition to that, He has this specialized knowledge in the uh, hospitality industry for the problems that's unique to them. And now with his uh, additional uh, piece of as a business owner in the hospitality industry, it's just, it's a great combination.
1: Absolutely. And and that's something, again, there's so many issues now, Al, that, um, and, and I think that, as, as a listener myself and, and as somebody who has a business, it's so important to have somebody with that experience who's in the trenches that, as Mark said, knows all the periphery issues, but also really understands inside and out how um, this climate is and how to deal with it.
3: Yeah. And, you know, and it's uh, uh, even being a business owner in a hospitality gives you that unique looking to the hospitality business. I've never been a business owner, although, you know, a a shareholder in the law firm, uh, being a business owner in the trenches like we are in operating and leasing and financing and dealing with customers and dealing with purveyors and whatever uh, brings another unique, you know, sense of to um, the business litigation I do too. So I can understand um, the issues and the pressures that uh, business... uh, owner's experience on a day-to-day basis and I think I can bring that to um, my work with him. Great, thank you.
0: Thank you Al, thank you for sharing your expertise. I'm sure these uh, these problems and pressures like you mentioned uh, that the hospitality industry and, and industries overall are going to be facing will continue to adapt as, as COVID and, and employment uh, shifts throughout coming months and into 2022. Uh, if listeners or viewers want to get in touch with you at Tarlow, Breedhardt & Rogers, how can they do that? And, and maybe also give a plug for the winery as well if people
3: want to find out more about that. Well, thank you. Yes, um, you, my phone number at the law firm is 617-218-2024. Um, my email address is a d napoli, uh, And it, probably the best way is to go on to the Tarlow Hart uh, you know, website and pull up my uh, not so handsome face and it'll give all the contact information instead of, instead of me trying to spell out the Napoli here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I certainly can be reached by just plugging that in, uh, phone, phone calling me. Uh, De Bovino Winery uh, is out in Walpole, Massachusetts on Route 1, and it can be found by just Googling in DeBovino, D-E, Bovino, D-E- B-E-V-I-N-O, a blend of three families, Denapoli, Bevilacqua, and Arpino, uh, who are all family and cousins and been making wine for over 45 years uh, for ourselves. Uh, you know, one of the unique things is that the outdoor seating that is going to be an issue as we keep on going on, not only through COVID, but I think through the experiences that tours and municipalities and customers have seen, that they enjoy the, Experience of outdoor seating is going to be a challenge to municipalities, to restaurants going forward. And that's something that is unique and that will continue and very much involved in. We're fortunate that our location is in a large parking lot. So we were provided with an opportunity to expand it as much as we could. We're not encroaching on the municip- municipalities' premises at all. So we have a large tent. Uh, Outdoor patio, and um, we have used it, uh, I think, to the benefit of our customers uh, and will continue to do so. So, uh, and
2: and let's uh, also point out that the wine is excellent and reasonably priced.
3: We make right. our own wine. The grapes are directly from uh, Susan Valley, which is a little southeast and but configures to Napa Valley. And um, it's a, you, know, you start with a great source of grapes, and you can't be much better in this country than getting it from uh, Napa Valley region. So thank you.
0: Thank you, Al. And uh, Mark Furman, how can people reach you at Tarlow Bay and Rogers? Um,
2: I can be reached at M F U R M A N, at tbhr law.com or at 617 218 2025.
0: Thank you. And uh, Mark Z of Mark Z Legal Staffing, how can people reach you?
1: First of all, you can Google Mark Z, M A R C, and the letter Z, and we'll come right up, or Mark Z Legal, M A R C Z Legal.com or 617 617-
0: Three three eight one three hundred. Great. And of course, both the marks are on our show for regular segments on radioentrepreneurs.com as well as YouTube, Spotify, LinkedIn, and all the other channels we stream on. Uh, if anybody wants to get a more in-depth, uh, or hear a more in-depth conversation about, uh, Al's winery, De Bovino winery, you can also head to any of those places that I just mentioned to find, uh, his previous interview that I think was, uh, over the summer. And, um, Find out more about that there. In the meantime, thank you all for listening and joining. This is another segment from Radio Entrepreneurs.